We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. This call is being re- Hello, friends. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball After Dark. You're joined by Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow. It is a little before midnight on Thursday, May 12th, and the Dallas Mavericks just delivered me a wonderful birthday present by beating the absolute hell out of the Phoenix Suns, 113-86, to 86, uh, forcing a pivotal Game 7 uh, and ridiculous stats that mean nothing. The Mavericks now uh, improve to 4-0 on my birthday. Uh, ever, <laughs> which is just like a fun, stupid thing. How you doing, Josh? I'm doing pretty good. I feel like a lot of trends continued with this game. Your birthday stat, I think you had the stat that the Mavs are, what, over uh, on TNT, but... Uh, 3-0 uh, on ESPN. Yeah, mm-hmm. that continued. Um, the insane rate at which home teams are winning games in this series continued. It just... It's just a crazy series all the way around. It's hard to well, even talk about it anymore for me personally. Well, I want to before we kind of re. I mean, I'm, there's not really much to say about this game in terms of a recap, other than the Mavericks took the lead and never lost it. I'm pretty yep. sure. Yep. Which, which is what happened in games three and four. <laughs> and and I don't really even know how to talk about this game outside of like you know talking about some statistical markers. But compared to the other games, this game felt. And please tell me this could just be recency bias. This felt like a game the Mavericks won a hell of a lot more than it did the Suns lost. Um, And I think a couple of those other games, like game three in particular, felt like one the Suns could have won, and they just didn't. And then the Mavericks put put the foot on the gas in this game, defensively forced a lot of crazy shit. And I, I, of course, you know, I'm ta- I just said it's probably recency bias, but man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to say because it's it's obvious the Mavericks, you don't win a playoff game by this many points unless you played well. Um, the Mavericks right. obviously played well and they obviously did some good things, especially on the defensive end. But man, I mean, having said that, how many of Phoenix had 22 turnovers? How many of those were the, them just giving the ball, like just 
giving the ball to the Mavericks or I mean, dribbling it off a foot. Like the the way Parker and Paul were terrible. Thirteen yeah. turnovers between the two of them. Yeah, the way in which the road team, uh, the road team in every game this series, it's not just that like that they're they're like overmatched or something, but it's like mm-hmm. it's like every it's like every game this series the road team comes out for warmups and gets monstered right before tip off. Like it's just like they look the other like the like the Suns looked rattled and like shaky and and like not ready for the moment. Like their role players were missing under forty percent. Yeah, I mean, credit the Mavs up for for yeah. some of some of that, but some of it, I mean, the Suns just look like a team wholly unprepared to play, which is what they look like in Game Three, which is what they look like in Game Four, and the Mavericks look like in Game Five and and parts of Games One and Two. It's just a weird series. Yeah, and I, you know, just to kind of cover a little bit, this was a really uncomfortable first half for me, right up until the Mavericks were leading by seventeen points, but <laughs> the. The Mavericks, it really felt like they were missing opportunities in the first half. Luca missed, I want to say, three shots at the rim that are just bunnies for him. Uh, lots of free throws missed. Um, and the Suns, you know, were just kind of uh, – Booker played pretty well in the first quarter and then proceeded to hide for, you know, two full quarters. And it it just felt like, for me, up until about maybe three minutes left in the second quarter, the Suns were going to do Suns things and make a run. And the Mavericks did, and this is something that's probably going to be more obvious to me on a rewatch. The Mavericks did some very, like, very, like, kind of the stuff that happened to Luca, to be honest, in game five, where it's like they're sending doubles at points in the shot clock that seem to throw the Suns off collectively, really, you know, resulting in some yeah. of those really baffling turnovers. It seemed like that there were just Mavericks flying all over the court on defense. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, this isn't a unique observation. Other people had this observation during the game. But, you know, Dorian was guarding Chris Paul for parts of this game and Bullock was on Booker and they kind of switched things up. And Mm -hmm. uh, Dorian kind of played a little bit like (laughs) Mikhail Bridges in this game. Not every game. Yeah, since he was guarding Paul, um, he was able to roam a little bit because, I mean – Dude, Paul is not shooting. He's not shooting in this series. I mean, he shot well today, but he only took seven shots. And so he want like Paul wants to pass. He wants mm-hmm. to operate in the pick and roll and pick you apart at this stage of his career. He's not, you know, he's not, you know, the Chris Paul from from two thousand eight that would put up, you know, twenty eight or thirty in, in a playoff game. I mean, he could still, but he still busted it out a couple times in these playoffs. But I think if you know at this stage of his career. He wants to set up Booker and Bridges and Aiden and, and all these weapons that the Suns have. And the Mavs are just kind of like, all right. And they just left left Paul kind of alone and they shaded more of their defense towards Booker. They tried to make Booker a playmaker and Booker had three assists and eight turnovers. And and then you go down the line and, and all of a sudden the rest of the Suns role players don't look uh, as great when Paul isn't kind of being able to, to dictate the terms of the game, right? Yeah. So – you know, Cam Johnson looked pretty bad. Bridges looked pretty bad. You know, the only one that that uh, of the you know non Paul Booker you know Suns players looked okay was Aiton, um, and and but otherwise, no one else showed up for them. Uh, and I think the way the Mavericks guarded them had a lot to do with that. Well, and I want to I want to mention something about Booker's turnovers. Luca picked him. I want to say it was like three minutes into the second quarter. 
like just stripped him like like you know one of those kind of lunges that he occasionally gets his butt kicked for for like trying to take and after that booker saw ghosts the rest of the game where luca was kind of hovered like luca had got a couple of kicked balls off of um booker passes Mm-hmm. Booker like did this weird like drive in the lane where he where I thought he was going to shoot it and then he threw it and like Luca or Brunson I can't remember just sort of like took it from him and went the other way and it was really like I've not seen Booker that discombobulated I mean I, maybe it, maybe it's just been a while since since game three and game four in my brain but it was <laughs> really strange to see Booker that off kilter and I don't know. I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah. I think this goes back to the fact that this is a Mavericks team that for the first time in forever, they have two legitimate wing defenders. And I mean, how mm. often have we feel like, I mean, this isn't a new point. We've said this a lot uh, this season and in, the, in these playoffs, but it bears repeating like in previous Maverick seasons, when we've lamented how they kind of can get scorched by a certain type of player and it's really Dorian on an Island and, and, teams kind of have an ability to just screen and pick and choose and, and hunt and target. And when you've got Finney Smith and Bullock each able to play 40 minutes and play really high quality, high level defense, it makes it way harder for these teams that rely on, you know, that are trying to rely on hunting mismatches and, and, and working their sets uh, to execute. And like the Mavericks just make it a little bit harder. They just, they just didn't have that last year. And it just, it makes such a big difference. Cause like, Think about if this Mavericks team at last season was trying to match up with the Suns team right now. Like Finney Smith would be like trying to plug holes like a whack-a-mole, like going from Booker to Paul uh, and just kind of back and forth. And now they can put a quality defender on Paul and a quality defender on Booker, and it makes things so much easier for these other guys that might not be as stout defensively, but seem to have bought into you know the team concept. So well, I think also- that's where, where where it starts. There's also this this hilarious secret sauce that has no business in working. And and friend of the show, Dalton Trigg, jokingly said this into a, in a DM I'm in with him where he said, you know, the series turned around when Josh Green got sat. And yep. there's some truth in that. Because Frank Nilakina's has come in 21 minutes tonight. Man had four steals. And, you know, four fouls. But it's four, like, good fouls. Like, I don't feel like, you know, one of the things this is, uh, it's not a Josh Green kicking podcast, but it's like, Josh Green makes the kind of fouls where I'm just like, I don't know if you've played competitive basketball enough. Whereas Frank will make fouls that are like, okay, you're getting worked by Chris Paul and I don't feel bad about this. It's 21 minutes stealing. You know, I I would like to see Frank Nilakina play at like 10 to 12 minutes and give guys rest. Frank getting 21 minutes tonight is more indicative of the score, but it's, it's just really impressive. And he's an, you know, he's another guy that's going to like flummox kind of the, the, the shorter Chris Paul and, Booker, you know, he has a huge wingspan. That's one of the things everybody always liked about Frank. You know, I don't really know if he's, he might not even be an NBA player next year, but he's got this, like these tools and these measurables to where you're like, okay, if he just figures out a couple of things, maybe he can be like an eighth, ninth man. And the kid going with him was, has been really interesting. And the fact that it's paid off is pretty fantastic. Yeah. It's been the only adjustment the Mavericks have made uh, mm-hmm. from a rotation standpoint. The only one they can make. There's like no one well, like, like someone was like, Hey, we played Trey Burke over Dinwiddie. And it's like, guys, if we're down that bad, we might as well just pack up our bags. <laughs> well, they can, they can change. Like, you know, I mean the, the obvious one is start Maxi and have pal come off the bench for his seven minutes instead of starting, you know, starting. I think that's one that they just aren't going to, it's pretty clear. They're just not going to go to that. Um, yeah. 
for for well, I mean they've got their own reasons, but yeah, it's the only change. I don't know. If, talking about Frank is hard. I probably need to rewatch it. He did have four steals, but I mean the man has scored nine points. In the yeah, but it's, it's it's the little <laughs> things is all where it's just like like he's in the game, and if you don't notice he's in the game, that's a win. That is a win. Not- they just I mean, how many times do we talk about in the Utah series? Sure, where, like they just needed someone to steal minutes mm-hmm. for, for Bullock and Finney Smith. And you're right. Like this is he's doing exactly his job. Well, um, and and you just hit on another guy who played i mean again recency bias but reggie bullock feels among you know he played 40 minutes had 19 points seven rebounds played some fantastic post defense when he got switched on to ayton uh you know he was five of 11 from three he had uh you know he had a couple of steals himself just a real like hit three offensive rebounds reggie bullock had three offensive rebounds and it's just he 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 does everything it's asked of him. And, you know, we thought he might have gone down last game until we heard, you know, right at the end of the game. Like, we thought he was out with, like, a non-contact knee injury. So, it's like, for him <laughs> to come back and play a game like this, I mean, he was terrible in Phoenix. I'm pretty sure he was 0 for 5. Yep. I mean, role players are just pl- – the role the, – the, the difference in role player performance home and road for both teams is <laughs> – pretty funny it's, yeah it's crazy it's, i mean it's, it's deciding the series where yeah. like you know we don't i don't want to look ahead to game seven i think we, you and i should settle and maybe reconvene and talk about game seven tomorrow but yeah. it's funny because it's like i don't want to put any damper on this but it's like the Mavericks have played so bad in phoenix i know i mean if you follow the trend of, i mean as confident as i was the mavericks were gonna win this game and i've been you were probably, you were on probably, it in the middle of the first quarter. You're like, this feels fine, and I'm yeah. just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and as much I, I don't normally toot my own horn, I'm probably I'm doing that a little bit too much right now on Twitter. But nah, I don't care. as much as I'm confident, uh, yeah, as much as I was confident in this game, I mean, it's probably the same reasons I'm not going to be as confident in Game Seven because I mean, how can you argue? I mean, every the home team has won comfortably every single game. We haven't had a clutch. No. We haven't had a clutch game yet. Uh, nope. That's bananas. I don't. I can't remember the last time a, a seven-game series did not have one clutch game going into Game Seven. I, I mm-hmm. mean, someone's going to look up that stat. And I mean, it's, it's got it's. Something. This is just so funny because when we're talking about the game the other night, we basically went person by person. Was like this person was terrible. This person was terrible. <laughs> this person was, and we could really do that with like the whole like element of the rotation guys. Like, you know, we've not mentioned. I mean, Dorian probably he played a good defensive game, but like Brunson yep. was steady. Got the line six times. He missed all three three pointers. I want to say he is shooting three of sixteen on threes Ooh. in this series. Like crazy. I oh, I bring that up to say like there, t- there's an argument to be made that he's due because it's like yeah. he's not, you know Luca has been he was three of eighteen before this game. Now he's five of twenty six over the last three games, and the Suns are letting him and Brunson have these shots. So it's like you know. One basketball game, weird stuff can happen is what is 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 where I am. Yeah. I mean the Mavericks won this game by twenty seven points and didn't it feel a little bit like they left some meat on the bone? A like, lot of meat on the bone. Uh, I mean they shot they ended up shooting forty one percent from three, but Luca like Luca and Brunson combined to go two of eleven. Well, and our main our, our Mr. Game Six, as I'm going to refer to him for the rest of the playoffs, Spencer Dinwoody hit five of seven yeah. from three. And I, I put this out on Twitter, I'm gonna repeat it here. In non-game sixes in the playoffs, Spencer is shooting 12 of 44 from three. That's 27%. In game sixes, he is shooting nine of 14, which is 64%. 
like crazy. It's real. Like, and his shot tonight looked good. It like really confident. Like the the kind of he has a slow release, and the Suns have just been kind of seeding three pointers. I don't, I don't entirely get it. Well, I think it's just tough because they play with a conventional big man on the floor the entire game. I mean, they have not gone to a small ball lineup yet, and mm. I mean, t- the Mavericks are five out right now when they don't play Powell and Powell played 17 minutes outside of those 17 minutes. They were, they were five out the whole game. So, I mean, as good as the Suns are, if you're playing a big against Dallas, the Mavericks are going to get threes up and it's just a matter of, are they going to hit them or not? I mean, they've been consistently shooting about almost 43s a game. Uh, you know, game five was why they, you know, look so weird. They shot 32 and that's like a low number for them. And uh, yeah, I mean, at a certain point, the the Suns are. It's hard for the Suns to outrun the math. I mean, they got outscored again at the three point line. The Mavericks made ten more three pointers uh, than the Suns. I mean, it's just twenty two turnovers for the Suns. I mean, the <laughs> it's just crazy. I mean, the Mavericks shot fifteen more free throws uh, than the Suns, and they still were about even in overall field goal attempts which usually if you have such a huge free throw attempt discrepancy like you you usually the the field goal attempts kind of swing the other way you know naturally because you're getting fouled Mm -hmm. instead of putting up shots but the fact that the field goal attempts were were basically even and the mavericks got 15 more foul shots like man i mean it was just i mean it was just dominant i don't know what else to say and the suns fell apart and it just comes back to you know game seven can they get the role? You know, can they get the role players to do this on the road? They just haven't been able to do that yet. Well, I mean, we got a couple of great stats for that. Yeah. First of all, in closeout games in his career, <laughs> Luka, Luka Doncic is averaging thirty nine points a game in uh, in potential and basically no, not in closeout games in uh, what is elimination it? In games? Elimination games, yeah. Yep. And then this was my favorite one. I pissed off my buddy Matt Moore with this one just because he's <laughs> kind of tired of Luca this offseason. I get it. But in uh, in game sevens on the road, Luca in his playoff career is averaging 46 points, seven rebounds, and 14 assists now. <laughs> he's only played one of those such games. But <laughs> I just felt like throwing that number out into existence because Luca was so freaking good against the Clippers last year. It just didn't matter because the Clippers were that much better. Now, I I, I kind of think we should we we should sort of reconvene and see what we think about about you know kind of what your analysis of the game is and maybe like let this rest because I don't think the Mavericks are going to play until Sunday. Uh, it'll be the first two day yep. period of rest that they've had since before the series, which in my opinion benefits the Suns. Because uh, Chris Paul has been warmed over ass the last three games, he had something <laughs> yeah. like thirty-one points. I can't find it in our Slack. It's like thirty-one points, seventeen, uh, yeah, seventeen turnovers and fifteen fouls. He's been bad. Yeah, he's been very bad. Um, I was gonna say uh, before we go because I could tell we're kind of winding down. Uh, Luca was two of four at the rim in Game Five. He was six of eight at the rim tonight. We probably, you know. For as much Luka discourse has been out there uh, in the 48 hours since game five, I feel like we need to maybe talk about it a little bit before. All, I mean, what, he made 11 shots. Nine of them were in the paint. So yep. six at the rim, three. And he the, knows this, too. Outside the, <laughs> he just doesn't want the – he doesn't want the physicality. Like, I've been arguing with people where it's like, 
I get that people don't like it that Luca complains. The problem is that the refs do not give him the calls because he is as strong as any player in the league when driving, and he doesn't love getting hammered. I, like who does? You like there was the the play where he cooked Aiton and got to the rim and Aiton um, goaltended. Do you remember this one? Yep. It's like yep. third third fourth quarter. Yep. Aiton probably fouled him three times on that play, <laughs> and they just they just don't call it because him and Aiton are so physically strong together that they just are deciding okay we're gonna let this one go and i get it i really do get it but luca just gets sick of this and you know as he ages into as you know as he ages into a star you know like his true prime i think the thing for him this gets back into like the elements of being not only like not only in better cardiovascular shape but he's gonna have to continue to get stronger because the season changed for the mavericks when he got like mid-December, late December, right? kind of as he's coming back from injury, I was at this Oklahoma City game where he's just like, all right, I'm going to have to truck to the rim on repeat. That's I know he doesn't love it because it's 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 physically taxing. I mean, did you see all the cupping um, bruises yeah. he has? Like, he is banged up, and I get it. But that that's just his best path if threes aren't falling. Yeah, and I mean, he can't hit a, he can't hit a three to save his life in the series. He also missed a bunch of free throws, which was not – great either he missed five free throws um but yeah i mean otherwise it's exactly what we want otherwise you know taking that away i mean it's exactly what we wanted after game five i mean he had eight assists he had one turnover and he got to the rim more and that's kind of what we were talking about and to to riff on some of the online discourse that's been happening that i think me both me and you have been engaging in you know it's you know the mavericks have to play this way and they people are going to look at this game and be like, ah, well, see, this is like what happens when Luca isn't hogging the ball. And I'm, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm pretty sure his usage rate for this game is going to be just as high as it's been in yeah. all the previous games. So it's not a mat, you know, people just kind of get deceived when they see guys making shots and they think that the, you know, Luca's giving up the ball more. And I mean, yeah, he, he did, you know, there is a difference between last night and tonight, you know, they, they run a much crisper offense and he, Luca did move the ball more, but, at the end of the day, he still has—he's the one moving the ball. Like it's—he still has the ball in his hands almost the whole game because that's how they built the roster. I mean, they yeah. built the roster like Bullock, Finney Smith, Kleba, Dwight Powell, everyone on this roster besides Brunson and, and uh, uh, Dinwiddie are either standstill spot-up shooters or you know rim runners. Like that's the roster. The Mavericks yeah. looked at Luca and were like, "Man, this guy's awesome in the pick and roll, and he creates three-point shots like no, you know, like like LeBron does." All right, let's build. So, how are we going to build around him? All right, well, let's maximize those gifts, and they've done it to an almost extreme level. You know, you'd like been like, I don't think the Mavericks are going to win a title with Luca having a forty usage rate in the playoffs. Yeah. But this is the team they built, and they yeah. kind of have to ride this win or lose uh, with tweaks in between. Like they're de- like, I'm not trying to say they played the same way they played in Game Five. That's ludicrous. Like, and obviously, there's room to criticize Luca because of you know the way he his disposition in Game Five was not where it needed to be and it, and it was here in game six so we just need to frame that conversation within a bigger one uh that i think some people are missing uh because it's it's getting it, it got a little weird i feel like the last you know the last 24 hours or so i mean so it I got weird on the broadcast where mark jones <laughs> i don't know like where he started talking about like well the the ceiling to luca's style of play and it's like i understand these criticisms but when my when my discussions back, and these are with people like Bomani Jones, for some reason engages with me. He's one of the smartest people in sports, 
And he's just like, well, I don't think that Luca makes guys good the same way LeBron makes people good. And I'm like, okay, so are we are we really putting Luca on that level? That's interesting. That's one point of discussion for me. I think he plays like 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 LeBron, but no, I don't have him as a top five NBA player of all time right now. Sorry, wild take. Um, and I don't really understand this level of like like interest where it's like when we make these these I don't want to like say they're complaints, but when the Mavericks have essentially played the same roster, give or take a shooting guard for three and a half years, what are we doing here? Like that, you know, I I I went into the Suns versus the Mavericks like draft pedigree. Now, once you're in the league, it doesn't really matter. Dorian Finney-Smith is kind of proof of that. But the Suns have four guys in their starting lineup that are uh, lottery picks. The Mavericks have one player in the in their starting lineup that's a lottery pick. They have three players in their rotation that are first round picks. Like it. <laughs> What happens if Luca plays with really good players? <laughs> like, and I'm this is not a slight to the players that they have. I, I really mean that, but it's just it's like this is it's it, it gets to be a really strange discussion, and I don't know how to have it with people because if you play differently, if you take the ball out of Luca's hands earlier in the season, the Mavericks don't finish as the fourth seed. They finish as the seventh seed or the play-in tournament, and then the same fucking people are sitting here telling me that Luca's not doing enough. I love having these conversations because I think it's fun. And there are some really valid arguments. Luka Doncic needs to play off the ball better. He does. Like, there's just – they need to make him the role man. They need to make him set screens. They need to make him cut. They need to make him do this. I'm saying this now. But – now is not the time to have that conversation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, I, they can't do anything with it right now. I mean, look, there's, there's there's no other way. And and then where there's nuance in criticizing him is, look when you when you concede that he's always going to have the ball in his hands with this specific roster, then you can kind of do some micro criticisms and, and be like, okay, well if he's going to have the ball in his hands all the time, which he has to because there's not really much of an alternative. Well, he needs to maybe not settle for as many step backs. He needs to do a better job getting into the paint uh, and that that kind of thing, which is what he didn't do in game five. And he just kept getting switched. Biombo and Aiton kept getting switched onto him and he just kept launching step backs and he just couldn't get to the rim. So like that's where you kind of couch your criticism, not like, oh, well, they need to take the ball. Like they need to take the ball out of his hands more in his te- and, and he needs to trust his teammates. It's like, no, it's not that. He just needs to play better himself with the possessions that he has yep. which don't change game to game he's he's got the same pretty sure he's 37 to 40 usage rate after every game in this series so yep. like it's just like what are we talking about here like he's well, gonna he, he like look at the roster like this is how they have to play there, there's also this element of that when the 23 year old Luka Doncic is the 27 year old Luka Doncic yeah. I think he will have a different feel for the game in that there is at least five possessions a game where I go, Luca, why did you do that? <laughs> yeah. And he like basketball is surgery to Luca. Once he figures out what works, teams are in trouble. I mean, he had two dunks tonight. We haven't talked about that. Like he was he was in his bag eventually, but it took a while for him to get there. He has yet to play, in my opinion, the start to finish holy shit Luca game that we've seen at least once a playoffs. That could be coming next. Yeah, that's what that's what you got to be worried about if you're a Suns fan. Because I, I mean, 
Thank God he's on our team. I know. I mean, this is this is crazy. This is fourth fourth straight game for him. I mean, he obviously, you know, like I said, there's nuance, but still, mm-hmm. taking a look back at a, at a larger view, this is his fourth straight game under 50% and under 30% from three. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Mavericks are going to a game seven against best team league. Like what are the, what's going to happen if he has one of those games where he makes seven threes, right? Uh, he comes out and hits two early threes and the Suns basically have to break their defensive plan. What yeah. Happens? Like, yeah, like that could happen. So yeah, yeah that's, that's what we get to think. Well, about let's do on this. Days. And because yeah. we have a couple of days between games, I want to talk to you again and think about what you're, okay. you know, kind of, cause you, I'm sure you're going to write something. And I always like talking to you after you write something. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be back. You know, I'll probably have Moneyball minute. I was so tired last night. I've granted part of this is like you and I laughing. Like we're just too old for this shit. Like, yeah, realistically. but, but it's fun. And we've aged out before. of blog, blog, blogger age. age yeah. And sure. the, but this is a great time. Like I'm, I'm like, it's much more fun after a win, like these mm-hmm. back and forths. But you know, we'll have some more content up. I, I went to bed last night at like nine thirty, and I've been doing these Moneyball minutes just to point people in the directions of the story. I just forgot. I woke up at like seven, and I was like, <laughs> and then I, I've been trying to record them in the mornings when I get up real early. But my wife let me sleep in because she knew I wasn't feeling very good. I was like, man. And then I just kind of started my day. Got this idiot puppy who is a shark. Um, anyhow. All right, guys, Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow. We'll be back. Um, if we're not back before the game, we'll definitely be back after game seven. Thanks for hanging out. Tell your friends, like, subscribe, do all that wonderful stuff, and everyone have a great weekend. We'll see you Sunday. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.